1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day. Every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast, and of course our YouTube page, 94WIP. Check it out there. A lot going on right now as we uh, we kind of make that transition here. It's like that weird little time where the Eagles season ends, NFL ends, post Super Bowl. We're excited for spring training. Unfortunately, the Sixers are in a tough spot right now without Joel Embiid. But we're going to wake up in like a week, and NFL free agency is going to be on the horizon. I thought yesterday – Listening to Nick Sirianni, Howie Rose, and really the beginning of the NFL offseason in earnest for all these teams, including the Eagles, have a lot of work to do to get back to where they want to go to and, and to be a championship contender for real next season. So I want to dive in today. My biggest takeaways, five biggest takeaways from the Howie Sirianni press availability out in Indianapolis. Uh, we played it on the air on WIP yesterday, reacted, built little crossover with with Jack and Ike on the afternoon show. A lot to get into and, and really a lot of big things I, th- I thought were the big takeaways. Let's start with number one. And that was the Son Reddick situation where I-, I thought both Sirianni and Howie, and again, yesterday they did separate press conferences, back-to-back, but separate to where it's it can't just be like, hey, you take the question or I take the question like they did after the season. This had to be each of their individual approaches to the question. And I thought they did give off a similar United front and after listening yesterday, I don't have great confidence that Hassan Redick is going to be here. Howie Rose talked about you know, the idea of, of how good he's been and he's a local guy and all those fun things. But when pressed on it, you know, he was asked of, about the idea, look, he's been a great eagle and he's from here. That's, that's all wonderful. But then he said the best case scenario on Redick is an open line of communication. He did say the best case scenario will be him back here in Philadelphia. Siriana used the uh, words, we'll see on Hassan Reddick and where that situation goes. And one thing I was listening for yesterday that I did not hear and I thought it was telling was, you know, when those questions are asked, Howie Roseman or Nick could simply say, state of fact, and that is that Hassan Reddick is under contract. Hassan Reddick's an Eagle. He's under contract. The Eagles are of no obligation to trade him. He would probably only hurt himself by holding out. I can't imagine he would hold out to the point where he misses games or time. He's a free agent to be after the season. He needs if, if the Eagles didn't restructure his deal and they didn't trade him and they just brought him back, which they're certainly in their right to do, he'd have to play well to achieve the money he thinks he deserves next year in free agency. So it would behoove Son Reddick to just play if that's the approach the Eagles took. Now, would he do that? I don't know. My guess is he actually would hold out. At least throughout the summer in training camp, and then maybe show up before the season. Maybe the Eagles don't want that distraction, and they probably don't. But after listening yesterday, I did not have great confidence. Don't have great confidence that Hassan Reddick will end up back in an Eagles uniform. I think this is a matter of of time before the Eagles trade him, before he finds the money and the trade partner willing to give the Eagles something that they deem acceptable for him. And I think that's going to be that's going to be the end of Reddick's career here. With, you know, two years, two very good to one outstanding year, one good year. And I mean, it's going to be a phoretic. It seems to me like they put a number, and evaluation on him, how much they think he's worth. And obviously, you know, Howie mentioned it a couple times yesterday, they got to think big picture and think globally about the money they're spending because they're going to have some big cap hits on guys soon. And he didn't say it, but obviously that's Jalen Hurts. You could throw A.J. Brown in there. You know, guys they have paid a lot of money to that those contracts and the big cap hits are going to start to, to show up sooner than later. So you, you can only have so many of those, even with the expanding cast. So first thing that stood out to me yesterday was the San Reddick thing, both from Howie and Sirianni. I don't think those guys are going to be here. All right. Another thing that I thought was really interesting yesterday was Howie saying you have to be comfortable playing your young guys. And even though the depth chart might look a little uncomfortable, you have to be comfortable doing it. Eagles have drafted a lot of young players, especially on the defensive side of the football in recent years. Let's go to Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Nolan Smith and Nicobe Dean and Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks and Reed Blankenship. and Some of these guys are drafted. But you, the point is they've added a lot of young players on the defensive side of the football. Zay Rogers, who I think gets kind of lost in the shuffle the last year or so because he was out of sight, out of mind. But he's the guy they got from the Colts that had that gambling suspension So he missed all of last season, but he's twenty six years old. He's certainly in the mix to play next season. So you kind of think about what that means. And I always have my antenna up when GMs speak at the combine, because again, this is the first time they're all together after the season. This is kind of the start, the groundwork to the right to the off season, you know, the actual league year when it opens up in a couple of weeks. This is the start of that. So I always wonder is is it BS or is it real? Is it nonsense or it, or is it truth? Is it fiction or is it fact? Like Howie Rose has been saying that you have to be comfortable playing young guys. You can read it one of two ways. You could read it as they're not planning to go all in and spend a lot of money on the defensive side of the football and free agency. Maybe they'll have one player, but they're not going to add three or four impact starters. They're going to let their young guys just play. That's one way to read it. The other way to read it is that Howie's trying to bluff and Howie's trying to not let agents and teams know that he is desperate or really you know searching for high-end impact day one starters through free agency like plug and play put him in and i know i'm getting something good there let's say the linebacker position or the safety position you know I, you always have to have your antenna up you always have to have your bs meter up because Howie's not going to sit there and telegraph it like hey we need three starters on defense that's our priority well every agent in the NFL that has starting level defensive players is going to just circle the Eagles and say, we're getting a big offer from these guys and we could use them to leverage bigger offers everywhere else. Like how he's not going to do that. He's not going to play the market against himself. So I I do think that just based on his first answer and the Reddick stuff and the big contracts they have coming up, I do think they realized and they failed last time around Carson that the only way this is going to work around Jalen and be sustainable as Jalen's contract gets bigger, number one, obviously, Jalen has to play well. That was a, a conversation uh, and his leadership and his offseason and all that. But number two is they're going to have to have cheap starters around him. That's the only way this works. It's, it's, it's how it works. It's why the, the Chiefs have done what they've done the last couple of years, because they hit on Karloftis. They hit on McDuffie. They hit on Snead, who's now a free agent and one people are connected to the Eagles. Though Snead may get tagged, And that would complicate things for, for, you know, potential acquisition to move him off to Kansas City. But the bottom line is they had cheaper young guys step up and play really well. And the Eagles could use some of that. But that is on my mind this morning as I listen back to Howie. Because that's like, all right, what did you really mean by that one, Howie? Are 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 we buying that one? Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. With Roseman, All right, third biggest takeaway I had yesterday, let's say to both Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. Well, you know, Sirianni a couple times talked about the meshing of the offenses with his offense, the Eagles offense, what they've done well here the last couple of years, and Kellen Moore. And I, I, I got some chills listening to this because I think back to 2020, and obviously that year was ridiculous for a lot of reasons, but one of them in Eagle World was they tried to not have an offensive coordinator that year there was no coordinator and they hired all these senior offensive assistants, Rick Scangarello and Marty Morningweg, and then all these voices in the room to try to mesh different concepts within Doug Peterson's offense. That was the um that was the idea for twenty twenty. And what it turned into was a conglomeration of crap. I mean, let's just be real. That offense in 2020 was terrible. The quarterback was terrible. The players were terrible. It just was not a good offense. And last month when the Eagles, you know, had their press conference and they told everyone, hey, we're going to move on from this coordinator and that one or new voices and all this. And, you know, Sirianni made it sound like then that the idea was for someone to come in and run their offense it would be that person's offense, whether it be in that point, some of the interviews were like Cliff Kingsbury and, and whatever. And obviously we know it turned out to be Kellen Moore. And I think that's the best way to go. I think the Eagles should turn the offense over fully to Kellen Moore. They hired him. He's had success. He's coached different kinds of quarterbacks, different kinds of players around the league, success in Dallas at a very high level. And I think they should trust their Instinct on this one, which is Kellen Moore was the best man for the job and let him run his offense. I get concerned when you're trying trying to mesh things. When you're taking Kellen Moore's offense, saying, Well, yeah, we could do that, but what if we move, you know, we we move this guy to jail in a shotgun? Or said under center, he's more shotgun because he's more comfortable with that. Or well, we could incorporate this because this worked, and then you know, it's almost like the blending of it takes away from what it really could be. I think it would be best for the Eagles and best for Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and Nick Sirianni Kelmore for Sirianni to get the heck out of the way. Clearly he's proven now for you know a decent period of time. He doesn't have a high level of expertise on offense. He really does not. He may have an offensive background. He may be an offensive minded coach. He may have once been a good wide receiver's coach, but as far as designing an offense and calling plays Sirianni's not very good at it. I mean, it's just, it's the bottom line. Shane Steichen was, and everyone gets Shane Steichen praise yesterday. It's almost like they missed him. Uh, of course they do. But with this, I think the less Sirianni's involved, the less the Eagles try to make it about a meshing, the better off they'll be. All right, fourth biggest takeaway from the Eagles' press availability yesterday at the NFL Combine, how he admitted they made some mistakes last year. You know, they, he said they really prioritized the offensive side of the football and and I think the implication was they let a lot of good players go on the defensive side of the ball in free agency last year. Javon Hargrave and TJ Edwards, who had an excellent year with the uh, Chicago Bears. CJ GJ, who was banged up, but when he played was impactful week one against the Kansas City Chiefs playoffs, all that down the stretch. He was impactful for the Detroit Lions. So Howie said that's on him. And and I think he regrets some of the moves he made or didn't make uh, last offseason. So it makes me think two things. Number one they're going to go and sign a linebacker because, you know, letting Kaiser White and TJ Edwards go put them in a, a poor situation with roulette at linebacker. And it really did not work between Shaq Leonard and Zach Cunningham. And they could talk up Zach Cunningham all they want. He wasn't any good. Um, Morrow. No, I mean, it just wasn't good enough. Dean obviously heard him not good enough. I think they're going to try to sign something established at linebacker, like what they lost last year with, with uh, T.J. Edwards, the other thing I thought of is I-, I wonder if this could set the stage for a return for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You know, it didn't end well. There was some bitterness on social media, which you know C.J. G.J. a young guy like A.J. Brown, and I think they 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 go too far with that. But if if he wants to play here and the Eagles can give him a contract he likes and it works for both sides, I would bring C.J. G.J. back. I know, and I look, I know he's bitter at the end. Whatever, he's a He's an emotional guy. He's a good football player. And his emotion and his energy on defense, they missed that. I would bring back CJ GJ. Last thing that hit me, um, you know, he's asked about, Howie's asked about the idea of some of the older guys trying to make decisions on their future. Jason Kelsey, Lane, uh, excuse me, obviously Lane's going to be here. Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox. And Howie said, and and my guess is he's probably referring more to Kelsey on this, but maybe both, but he said, we'll give them as much time as they need. And I could see the Fletcher thing being like, Hey, if you want to play another year, there's a spot for you as our third or fourth defensive tackle. And that's fine. You know, that, that's not going to change the plans for the office. And the Eagles have, have planned well enough for the end of Fletcher's time where it's like, they, they have, they have three guys. I mean, they, they have Jordan Davis. They have Jalen Carter. They have Milton Williams. They have what they need at that position and then it's about Fletcher. Do you still want to be part of this? we we'll kind of make you a part of it if you want to be. But the one that struck me is giving Jason Kelsey as much time as he needs. And I don't think they should do that. there's a de- I, If I'm the Eagles, and I know this is a delicate situation because you want him to return. You don't want to make him feel like there's pressure on him to return or make that decision. But if I'm the Eagles, I, I got to have an answer from Jason Kelsey very soon. Free agency begins in two weeks. I need to know... Do I need an offensive lineman? Heck, I, I wish I knew now because I'm trying to make my rounds at the combine to try to figure out all right, am I potentially, potentially taking an interior offensive lineman in the first round? I doubt they would, but they could. When the center from Oregon is supposed to be a great player, what if they like Jurgens at guard? They obviously love Dickerson at guard. For the third straight year, they could take the Kelsey replacement with a high pick with, with the kid from Oregon. So, it's all on the table. I don't think they'll end up doing that, but it's all on the table. The quicker they know, the better and more informed decisions they can make. And plus, as they budget and they start, you know, talking to agents, I'm sure Howie, when he got off that podium yesterday and, and the rest of this week, is going to hang out with a bunch of agents and, and GMs. When he starts going through that process and getting engaged of the market and how much money he has, what he would spend positionally, all that kind of stuff, does he need a free agent guard? so he can move Juergens over to center. I mean, it's a huge deal. So I I, I love the idea of, Jason, take all the time you need. You tell us when you're ready to tell us. But that's that's great in theory. In practicality, if I'm Howie, I need that answer ASAP. Jason, are you in or are you out? Because it changes my cap sheet. It changes my depth chart. It changes my plan. It changes where I go from the jump this offseason. So I I think it's a very nice thing to say at a podium, I hope the Eagles are going to have an idea. Well before free agency really, really gets going here. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP daily. Lots to react to off of the press conferences yesterday out at the combine. We'll talk soon.
1: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.